parable that we're about to hear this morning only appears in Matthew, as was the case in last week's text. The seed is a key metaphor. Where in the previous parable, all the seed was good seed, but today, today, we encounter two kinds of seeds sown by polar opposite sowers. Furthermore, seeds in this text do not represent faith and do not represent faith and disciples, but only disciples. Disciples of God and of the evil one. Challenges for planting and spreading the gospel are not limited to the issues of reception and persecution. There is also the issue that the enemy has sown disciples of evil in the community of faith. Now listen for the word of God as it touches your hearts, your minds, and your souls. As it comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 to 30, and 36 to 43. And Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was asleep, an enemy came and sowed seeds among the wheat, and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? And he answered, An enemy has done this. And the slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, no. For in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, Collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned but gather the wheat into my barn. And then continuing in verse 36. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples approached him saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. Jesus answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out his kingdom, all causes of sin and all evildoers, and they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous... Ah, the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Whew, a tough text. Boy, especially, I love to preach the really good news of the gospel. I really like to preach none of this hellfire and brimstone stuff. Not even would like to try it. It's all about the good news. But today, today, 
We have experienced a text that when we envision weeds, we envision something that was different in Jesus' time. When we envision weeds, we might think of crabgrass or dandelions or that sort of thing. We actually plant, as I showed, out, showed to the kids, we actually plant the weed that Jesus is talking about today. It's called bearded darnel. That's what it's called. That's what they call it. We call it ryegrass. We call it ryegrass. And it still grows today. And if you don't cut your grass, it'll grow about that high. And it'll look like wheat. Have you ever been by a field and seen the ryegrass grow? It, it is a devil of a weed. It, it is known in biblical times, though, and this word will sound familiar to you, as tares. Tares. T-A-R-E-S. Tares. The bearded Darnell has no virtue. Its roots surround the roots of good plants. It rooted, bearded darnel grows in, in spaces where it's really drought. It can live for a very long time. Ryegrass can do that. If you can, you can combine ryegrass with bluegrass and some other grasses, you have a great grass, and they've done that. But in Jesus' time, they didn't have that kind of technology. You had good or you had bad, and bad was the, the tares or the bearded darnel. It sucks up the same precious nutrients that we talked about last week. The precious nutrients are sucked up and scarce water making it impossible to root it without damaging the good crop. So when you go to pull that, the root system is entangled into the, good, the wheat. It's above ground. Above, above ground, the darnel looks identical to wheat growing, growing up until they go to harvest it until they bear seeds. And those seeds can cause, if you eat of the rye plant or the bearded darnel, you probably will get sick. Not because it was noxious or uh, poisonous. It could cause hallucinations. Uh, but because you'll get a fungus infection. They didn't know about fungal infections back then. But that's what happens. You may even get hallucinations to death if you eat this seed raw. No wonder Jesus uses this noxious cheat weed to illustrate evil incarnate. Bearded darnel is also known as false wheat. Now, don't think it's gone away. Those that make beer have to be careful not to get false wheat in their crop that they use to make the beer. So it's even used today uh, to kind of pad, uh, pad the wheat. Right? It, it, Jesus talks about this because it's known as false wheat. It's the botanical equivalent of ravenous wolves in sheep's clothing. That's found earlier in Matthew in 7.15. He warned us that this evil is intentional as well. Unlike last week's story about the sower just kind of throwing the seeds, the seeds this week are sown by the sower specifically into one spot to interfere with the good seed. 
Here the enemy deliberately, deliberately sows cheat wheat in a field of good wheat. Ironically, this unflinching focus on evil gives us a parable that has many, many idyllic powers to it. Jesus clearly acknowledges the reality that evil is around us. Now, we don't like to talk about that very often, and I don't like to talk about it very often. But there is evil all around us. He wants to talk about the reality. He does not want us to let our guard down that it doesn't exist. It does. This parable illustrates that evil's, evil's wicked nature, underscoring the necessity of eradication, eradicating it and the difficulty of doing so. It hides within the good weed. There is not a person here who does not know what Jesus is talking about this morning. Sometimes our lives resemble the farmer's infested field with weeds and wheat intertwined in our souls, our hearts, and our minds. The Apostle Paul brought to us in Romans 7:15, I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. That's what Paul does. If you're a member of AA or Al-Anon, the first step that you take and you pronounce is we are powerless over alcohol and our lives have become unmanageable. In the fourth step, they say fearless moral inventory must be taken. In other words, you've got to sort out the wheat from the weeds within. Our personal experience of the enemy sowing may be a little bit more subtle than that, as in the countless distractions that we let derail us in our ministries. Social media, email, phone calls, endless meetings can make it look like we're working on the realm of God, but they may be simply symptoms of our own divided tasks and our busyness. It may be our symptom of our own divided souls. Sometimes our jobs can feel weed infested as well. It's not just a church. Our jobs can be under assault. Like the servants of the parable, many of you face the challenge of separating weeds from the wheat in your workplace. Maybe the middle manager who is glad for her company's big profits uh, has just looked at the books and is not sure about the bookkeeping behind them. Or maybe it's the teacher facing a clique of parents whose well-meaning criticism chokes out his creativity or his care for the students. Perhaps it's the lawyer who is asked to look the other way for the good of the firm. The people listening to Jesus in our text this morning may be first century Christians and not farmers at all, but they confront evil every single day, just as Jesus does. Jesus, before he tells this disciples, has the Pharisees on his back. In Matthew, they have finally decided, just a couple chapters before, they have finally decided that they've got to arrest this guy and persecute this guy named Jesus. The leaders of his own faith try to trick him and begin their plot to destroy him. 
They look like true leaders, but they are as false and deadly as any bearded Darnell where he is concerned. Jesus and the author of Matthew also know that evil can infest the community itself. Elsewhere in the gospel, Jesus warned us about false messiah and false prophets. Those who cry out, Lord, Lord, and seem faithful and caring, but who lead the people astray and harm the community. Such are as the antagonists in the church, the ones that are always kind of prodding things along. But by any name, weeds, wolves, false prophets, there's reality in the community of faith and in the world. Jesus' parable acknowledges a very, very hard truth. However, this parable clearly, clearly cautions us against the rush to judgment. Did you hear that? Don't rush to judgment. That's what Jesus tells the servants, if you would. Just let the weeds grow. Don't worry about it. We cannot always tell initially what's a good plant and what is soil and what the, the damage is going to be done to the good, good plant. It cautions us against the rush of judgment. I had a friend. I had a friend growing up uh, when I first got married in our very first house. Probably we were there about four months. No, three months. And we were planting the front. We had ripped out a bunch of plants, and we were now putting bricks to edge the gardens. It was a hot day. We had gone in to get something to drink, and we came out, did some things in the back of the yard, and then we came back to the front of the yard. And when we moved into our first house, Mike decided to give us a hand. Mike was not a master gardener. He came across some greenery that Joan had put in the gardens. It looked kind of scraggly, and he began to pull it all out. And after he had cleared most of it out, putting it into a nice big pile in front of the tree that we had just planted, uh, we realized that he had pulled out freshly planted Pachysandra. We replanted that Pachysandra. My, Mike's story, Mike, notice I didn't say me. The story goes, Mike pulled that Pachysandra. Joan knows better. Both of our hands were dirty. Mike's story, although, underscores the challenge of distinguishing good from evil, wheat from the weeds, loyal opposition from heresy, healthy conflict from destructive antagonism. Thus the landowner tells his servants, be patient, be patient, wait till the harvest, when they can see the difference by the fruit that is born. Such patience is not an excuse for inaction or conflict avoidance. Friends, you cannot avoid conflict in the church. You cannot do it. Later in Matthew, Jesus outlines how to deal with poisonous behavior. If the behavior doesn't change, the person to be considered is considered a Gentile or a tax collector. He says to approach them one by one. But a Gentile or a tax collector is what Jesus considers them. So as you confront folks in your daily lives, as you go about your daily lives, remember what Jesus said. 
that we can be separated from the community and live within the community itself. Jesus knows the good wheat from the bad wheat. Jesus knows the good from the bad. We need not worry about it. We need not even be concerned about it. All we need to do is grow. All we need to be, as we are fed by Jesus Christ, as we are fed by the words, we continue to grow. Don't worry about the evil that might surround us. My friends, the good news out of this story, not the hellfire and brimstone that could be preached, but the good news of this is we don't have to worry about all those weeds. Jesus didn't say that the weeds died. It just grew along with each other. My friends, live within the good news of the gospel. Live within the bad wheat. There's going to be some bad but you know that there's a lot of good wheat growing up here at First Presbyterian and all around you. Live on that. Grow in that. Congregate in that. Get strength from that. That you are amongst the good. Don't worry about the evil. Let us pray.